You know, we're we are I've been talking about and we just been as a house been talking about preparation and getting ready for the future, whatever that looks like, whether it's good or bad, right? We we need to be prepared because we're preparing not just for we're not preparing for catastrophe and I mean yeah I mean in the natural yes we can do all those things but we're actually preparing for the promise that's coming we're preparing ourselves to carry the weight of what's coming what's coming is going to be heavy and I'm talking about the glory of Jesus and if you don't have the character and the strength you won't you'll be crushed I I once heard that. The Queen of England, she has to actually do neck exercises. You know, the Bible says that you're crowned with glory. The Queen actually has to do neck exercises before she puts on her crown, because she can't hold. The, she has to build up strength to hold the weight of the crown. And the Lord says He puts a crown of glory on you. So how I many know we have to get our, we have to get strength. And how I many know Jesus ultimately wears the crown? He's the head, right? But but we are we have to. The shoulders give strength to the body and, you know, to the head and everything. And so we have to get ready and prepared for the weight that's about to come. And I'm praying, I'm asking God, even before 2019, what can we do as a community? I don't care how big we are, how small we are. What can we do now to prepare for the weighty glory that's coming? Because it will be, the glory will be way greater than the former glory, right? We're, we're expecting the greatest outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Pastor Pete, when I was down in Red Bluff, he uh, was teaching from the, the story where Jesus says, those who build their foundation on the, sta- the, rock, the rock and on the sand. And he's talking about the revelation that the Lord showed him was that when the rains and the winds came, we often interpret that as the rains and the winds of adversity and life. But he said, if you know, the, the scripture talks about the Holy Spirit is rain and wind. So there will be a, a coming of the Holy Spirit that we need to be prepared for. We need to have the solid foundation and get ready for so that we won't be shaken. Because, I mean, no, when Holy Spirit comes, that will be much stronger shaking than when the world's stuff comes. Because he's going to shake everything that's not of the kingdom. And he's going to get everything in us that's gross out there's going to be a purging and malachi talks about the refiner's fire that's coming i'm building a fire i built a fire yesterday and we just uh burned a big pile of wood and i got that thing up pretty hot michelle was like so hot like my eyes were like drying up i asked her for those scientist goggles you know like I need to wear those things because I can't get near the fire, and I feel like I'm going to have eyes of fire like Jesus. But we're building fires out there, and I have no idea why I just told you this. Can you, someone remind me? Refiner's fire. And and I, as I was putting the wood on there, it got hotter and hotter, and I started thinking about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know, they built that fire. It was so hot that the soldier would throw it in and he would burn up instantly. And God's fire is far. It's going to burn up a lot in us. The chaff is all going to be burnt up. But we are in preparation, and it's it's really it's it's important that we do get prepared with food and water and all that because we don't know what's going to happen. Alaska just got rocked this weekend. 
I mean, there was pictures of roads that just completely fell off. And they were on they're on a tsunami watch at this right now because it was a massive earthquake. And they're not just didn't get hit by just one. There's there's tons of them happening right now. So we need to speak peace over that. So, you know, if that happens there, you know, we have fire, you know, and just so stuff is happening in the earth. <laughs> I saw this girl tweet, uh, because Alaska put out there's a tsunami warning, and she tweeted, so somebody please tell me how climate ch- climate change isn't real. <laughs> Tsunamis aren't caused by climate change. It's caused by an earthquake. Anyways, I thought it was funny. I was like, what? <laughs> Apparently nothing. Common, teaching them common core. <laughs> complete failure of a school. That was Bill Gates' idea. And he uh, he actually came out recently and admitted it was a complete failure. <laughs> yeah, we need to get rid of it soon. Cause so we're, we're preparing in the natural, we're preparing in the spirit, and, You know, Jesus had 12 guys. He, he, he walked around, and when he was launched in his ministry, and he came out of the wilderness, he was being prepared before that, and then the father spoke, this is my son who I'm well pleased. You know, you know that whole situation when Jesus, Jesus comes out of the water, he's being prepared that whole time. He's learning how to be a son because in Jewish culture, when you become a son, you go to the marketplace, and the father has you stand up, and he makes an announcement to everybody in the workplace. He says, now this... This is my son, whom I will please. From now on, in every business venture, he will represent me. It will be as you are dealing with me. So if you're dealing with my son, you're dealing with me. And so Jesus was prepared for that moment. And then he was taken into the wilderness, prepared to be endowed with the power of the Holy Spirit, right? And so he came out of the wilderness filled with the Holy Spirit, full of power. And when he came back, he started calling the twelve. And these twelve guys, they were very. Uh, they were they weren't the uh, cream of the crop, right? They weren't the uh, the elite. These guys were. They weren't you know they were the guy you'd pick last on the baseball team or something you know at at the park. So they they, they Jesus goes around and he gets twelve of these guys, and his job is to prepare them for what's coming. And he walks around, and he gives them, for, I don't know, three years is what they're saying. Three years, they're walking around, and Jesus preaches his messages. I mean, Jesus Jesus only preached a handful of, me- handful of messages. You know, I, every week I'm like, God, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to say? So I, I didn't have a message till this morning. So I'm asking the Lord, you know, what to say. And Jesus, he just goes around, and he preaches these same messages over and over because he understands man can't retain so much information and we you know so he's keeping it and, and within his messages there's gazillions of messages it's the un it's the ever unfolding revelation from his words because it's life right it's it's not dead letter this this book was not cause you not written to cause you to be fearful it's to cause you to be fearless he wrote this book so that you would have no fear you know, he inspired people, show you people who faced adversity and overcame it with the power of God. Right? 
So Jesus walks around with these 12 guys, and as he's walking around, he's teaching them, and he's training them, not just by... Today we've reduced training to just teaching. Jesus trained them by what he did and then what he said, right? That's, that was the order that actually Jesus did it. He would demonstrate it, and then he would teach it. As leaders... We have to begin to step into that understanding that it's no no longer good enough for me to stand up here to teach it. I have to demonstrate it. I have to show you, because that's what fathers do. Teachers will tell you, they'll give you all the information of this is how you should live. Fathers will take that information and show you how to live. And that's how, you know, we're we're going into that place where it's no longer going to be good enough just to teach and not demonstrate. Right? Jesus was at Nicodemus, and Nicodemus understood you're a true teacher from heaven because you, you do it and you teach it. You demonstrate. There's a demonstration in your power. And they learned because they would watch him and they would hear him. And even John the apostle, he wrote later, he said, you know, what, what we're telling you is what we have heard and what we have seen, right? If you, if you look at the Greek, the original Greek, it says what we have heard and what we keep hearing, what we have seen and what we keep seeing. In other words, it's a continual relationship, and it's flowing from that, everything that they teach and everything. They keep, they keep hearing him even though they heard him many years ago. Does that make sense? It's never this, well, I heard it, and you don't continue to hear it. Remember, it's every word that comes out proceeds out of the mouth of God, not proceeded out of the mouth of God. In other words, there's a continual unfolding and listening and eating of the word of God. Anyways, I'm just... So where you, God wants to... Uh, and he takes these 12 guys, he teaches and trains them, and all of a sudden you start seeing these guys. These guys were, you know, they probably weren't the most confident people. They were, you know, they were the, the outcasts. They were the ones that no one really wanted to hang out with. We don't even hear about some of the the, the, the apostles, right? <laughs> Thaddeus, and, right? We just don't hear about these guys in the Scripture. But, you know, these guys were probably, you know, Jesus says, go do this. Or like, what? You know, like when we get up here and say, hey, go out and pray for somebody. There's this kind of anxiety that comes over us. And But they started hanging out with Jesus, and they just started going out, and they got super, they got super uh, pumped up when they came back one time when they cast out, you know, and all these demons left, and they, and they were so proud of it. And Jesus said, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Right? And so they started getting these, this confidence because they were walking with Jesus, and as they were walking, I mean, it got to the point where they were like, they were so confident, man, who's the greatest? <laughs> I think I'm greater than this guy. And they start getting an argument. I mean, the boldness starts growing. Boldness just gets more and more and more, even to the point where, hey, they're going through Samaria and like, what? You don't want to serve Jesus? Hey, Jesus, can we call down fire and burn this complete city? I mean, how I know that's pretty bold. Something happens when you hang out with love. 
And what I want to talk about briefly, I'm I want to finish in ten minutes. What I want to talk about briefly is <clears throat> I shouldn't have said that. I'm gonna make myself out to be a liar. Is that we we can prepare all we want. Preparation is really good in the natural and just preparing training and doing all these different things, uh, praying for the sick. These are things that we need to do, prophesying to people. We need to practice these things. We need to train now so that when we step into the situation, we don't have to think, how do I do this? How do I, how do I pray for this? How? It just flows because you've already put in the practice. You've already done it when it really doesn't, you know, it does count always because when someone gets healed, right, they, it counts. But at the same time, it's like when there's a catastrophe and there's hundreds of people wounded, you can just walk around and just, hey, and heal them and lead them to Jesus, right? It's just kind of the thing I want to walk in is walk and my shadow starts, people get healed. and <clears throat> So doing all these things are important. And that's what the disciples did. They learned how to do all those things, right? But when love was taken away, they forgot. That boldness that they, that they grew in when love was there, when they were walking and abiding with love, they believed they could do anything. They could face anyone, do, call down fire on a city, entire city, say, hey, us two against you. <laughs> we'll just call down fire. We could destroy the whole. They were so bold because they were walking with love. Now, there was error, right? Jesus said, you don't know what spirit you're of. They were trying to, they just came down from the mountain where Elijah was, Moses, two people that called down fire, right? And so they come down and, well, if they did it, we just met them. Let's do what they did. And Jesus said, you don't know what spirit you're of. But the point is that the, Love makes you bold. Love makes you fearless. But when there's no love, you become fearful. And this is simple. This is I'm preaching to the choir. But when Jesus was taken, you know, when he died on the cross and he was gone, they became fearful. They weren't out there like, hey, let's, let's take this, whatever Jesus gave us, Let's remember what we prepared for and go out there and do what Jesus told us to do. You don't see that. He says that they actually went and they hid and they locked the doors for fear of the Jews. Turn your Bibles. Well, I'm cruising. Uh, what did, did I say? First John. I didn't say it. So these guys become fearful, and I mean, they were even afraid when Jesus showed up, right? <laughs> he walked through the wall, and he had to say peace like two times just to get them to calm down. Peace, peace, right? There's so there's so much fear in them, and it didn't it didn't help that. A ghost just walked through the wall and like, hey, I'm back, <laughs> right? So they were the hyper level fear, <clears throat> but then they started seeing who he was and 
But there was still fear. So they, Jesus told them, hey, I want you to wait in the upper room. Wait for power. Send my Holy Spirit, and you're going to be changed. And so they were in the upper room. They were praying. And, I mean, no, Jesus, I don't know if this makes sense. Jesus never left them, right? Jesus went. He never left. Because I have to go so that I can send. So he's always, but now they were in this upper room full of fear still. They were probably praying, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I imagine they were praying, Peter, like, Lord, here I'm. Here am I. Send James. <laughs> like they were. Don't send me out there. I don't want to face these people. I don't want to do this. They're trying to kill us right now. They're hunting down those who are with Jesus. And so they, you know, they're probably, those were probably their prayers. I'm sure they had some faith-filled prayers in that meeting because God showed up, right? And so these fearful 120. There was 500. You guys know there was 500 originally. We, we talk about the 120, but there's actually 500 that were there, the original. And then they all left. Bummer for them, man. <laughs> they, they missed the upper room, though. The birthing of the church. <clears throat> and so they were fearful, st- sitting in this upper room, waiting for the promise. They were preparing for the promise of the Holy Spirit, right? They were tarrying and waiting on God. And all of a sudden, this presence fills the room. And they noticed they weren't fearful anymore. Peter gets up in front of thousands of people, no longer hiding from the Jews that were trying to. He was now in the marketplace and saying, "Hey, I'm going to preach." And he wasn't preaching. And hey, guys, you know God really loves you. He's so nice and kind, and he wants to give you cars and all these. He didn't say, he was like, you crucified them, <laughs> the man of God. You crucified Jesus. And he wasn't holding back. And 3,000 were added that day because love came back. Love filled them, and for eternal, eternally, love would remain, right? Took residence, the power of the Holy Spirit came upon them. First uh, John chapter 4, we know this verse. And what we're what we see in the book of Acts chapter two is, I believe, this. First John chapter four verse eighteen it says, "There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves punishment, and the one who fears is not perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. What we see in the upper room is love casting out the fear that was in their hearts." to make them so bold that they were able to say when they, it says, Lord, consider, in Acts chapter 4, Lord, consider their threats. And they didn't say, please make them simmer down. No, please make it less intense for us. Love emboldens you. Love become, you become more bold. And they say, hey, consider their threats and make us more bold. Yeah, when you when you have love, when you when you don't have that fear in your heart, you can you believe you can do anything, change the world, you run through walls, you you can do anything. 
I want to read Ephesians chapter 3. And so, you know, we, I think we've all experienced to a measure, maybe not to the measure of the apostles in the, you know, in the upper room and the 120, but, I, you know, I think we've ex- experienced the power of God in our lives and we've experienced the fearless, fearlessness of his love. And, and so we, you know, as we prepare and do all these things, we have to come back to this thing of we have to be Rooted and grounded in love. Let's look at verse 14. We'll read from verse 14. Chapter 3, sorry. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints that is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. You know, it's important that we prepare and do all these things, but like I said, when the season gets tough and whatever, if we're not rooted and grounded in love, we're not going to produce the fruit. Does that make sense? It It talks about we are to be rooted and grounded in his love. The imagery right there is a tree, right? The point is, when you're grounded and rooted in the soil of his love, you begin to produce fearlessness, produce power, produce the fruit of God in your life, you know, righteousness, peace. Everything that's of Christ, you begin to manifest it because you're, you're getting your nutrients from the, root, the ground. You're getting your nutrients from the source. Trees probably, I, I mean, I'm not a tree expert. I just know how to come down. That's, that's, I've become a pro at, pro <laughs> burn them, yeah. But I imagine trees get more, trees r- probably rather get water from the ground than they do from the air. Does that make sense? Like, a lot of Christians want to get their stuff from the outside, from everywhere else, but not from the source. Yeah, you have to have your own garden. You can plant it and root it in Christ. I, you know, I was reading, this is like one of my favorite verses. I'm pretty sure every Christian loves this verse. Verse 20 in chapter 3, it says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us. Him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Hey, where are you going? I'm not done. We will have words later. Just kidding. Yeah, I know where you live. <laughs> or does it? I've read that verse so many times. I've quoted it so many. You you have to read it in the context of what it's being said in. 
Every person in this room wants to do great things. We want to do the far more abundantly and beyond our imagination things, right? I mean, that, I mean, that should be your goal. But if we're going to be honest, most Christians can't do the just the normal. And it's not to, it's, I'm speaking to myself. Like, I want to do the above and beyond all things, but. Fear. Fear of failure. Fear of. So now you think, if I have fear in my heart, am I really going to do above and beyond what? No, because you have you you be too fearful. If God showed you what He wants you to do, I mean, it should cause you a little bit like whoa, but it should draw you in, not right. So if. If we want to do the abundantly beyond all measure and all that stuff, you have to be rooted and grounded in love. Because you're gonna ha- that to go into that requires no fear. And the only way fear is cast out is through perfect love. So there's no way, you know. I was I've been reading that verse, and it says, "To read again, not to him who is able to do far more abundantly above, beyond all that we ask or think." Okay, I want you to close your eyes. Think of the most amazing thing you can ever, just go wild in your imagination, what you want to do with God. That, whatever you just imagined was way too small. He wants to do far more above and beyond all that you can ask. In other words, there's you have the inability to ask for it. Because it's far bigger than you than you can really comprehend with your own mind. And to access that is to be rooted and grounded because we can't have fear. Now it says, for him to do this, it's according to the power that is at work within us. And he's referring to the power above, and you know, when God doesn't separate love and power, he doesn't do anything. Because he's a power trip. He does everything in love. It's according to the power that's at work within us. In other words, it's according to Holy Spirit in us working. But what the Lord showed me was it's according to the power that's at work within you, meaning how much of his power are you allowing to work within you? So you actually set the level of how much you experience of what God has for you, according to how much you allow his power to work within you. Does that make sense? I'm not, I'm not asking you because I don't think you understand things, but I'm asking because I want to make sure I'm communicating it correctly. According to the power that it's work within you, according to how much you allow his power to be flowing and his love to be moving in your life, that will determine how much of the above and beyond all that you can ask and imagine for you will access. Sorry, I don't know if I'm saying that right. I'm giving I'm getting the deer in the headlight look. Just let the truck hit you. <laughs> let it catch you on the way out. I don't know.
if you let a little bit of his power work within you, then you only access a little bit of what he has for you. He doesn't set any limits in your life. None. Every limitation you have in your life is because of your belief system. We have access to every single thing in God. He gives us the spirit in fullness, in the measure. You know, we, we have access to these things, but because of fear, we don't want to go after it. We don't want to, because we don't allow him to work in us. We just don't have the courage to go after the things. Like I struggle with. I struggle with, hey, I see a sick person on the street praying for them. He has far more than that. You know, I'm not trying to beat anyone down with this. I'm just trying to say, hey, there's more out there for us. We need to get back to love. Everything that we do has to get back to love and allow that love working in us so that we can become more fearless do more fearless things, access more realms of God, and step into things, that's going to require a lot of boldness. I don't know if this makes sense. Makes sense to me. I preach to myself. (laughs) That's all I'm going to say. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) <laughs> so let's let's pray. Man, the heat is heat is up on me. Yeah, I'm gonna wear a robe. It feels hot up here. My ears are like burning. Let's stand. No, we'll end it. I lied. I went over seven minutes. Eight minutes. Thank you, old watchkeeper. Timekeeper or whatever. Lord, I pray. I'm just going to pray for you guys. Don't let fear keep you from what God has for you. He has the perfect medication, perfect remedy for your fear. It's his love. And there is no side effect like radiation. Or Have you ever watched the uh, commercials when they advertise drugs? Take this. It'll make this go away, but you'll die. Like, what? <laughs> you might go blind and die and bleed profusely out of your every pore in your body. Yeah. But hey, you won't have this. <laughs> you won't have anything else either because if you're dead. But with God's love, when we get doses of God's love, you see things heal. Things get better. Things clear up. And so I want you to just encourage people. Because I know people struggle with fear. That's, that is one of my uh, 
As a pastor, the thing I hate is when I see people in my family struggling with fear and with with whatever in their life. And my heart is to see everybody walking in love, the power of his love, and overcoming those situations and Sometimes I just feel like helpless. You know? We give we give people training and I'm like, God, what what am I doing wrong? You know, I, I talk I'm talking about, you know, this is the thought process I have. So this is a really important deal to me is that people are fearless. Because you can talk to Michelle, I have this I just believe in people, but I can't make you believe. I can help, and and it doesn't always work. I've had people in my life that are still struggling with the same thing. I don't know why. I'm not going to. But I know love is the cure. I know love is the answer. So, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus. I pray for my brothers and sisters that the power that's in them right now, the power of your love, you, that Jesus, you are living in them, and you are, you are there to give them boldness and courage and a fearlessness that doesn't come from training or teaching but comes from the knowledge of your love, God. It's, surpass, it's, a, it's a knowledge that's that no book can teach it. Not even the scripture can teach the amazingness of your love. It surpasses knowledge, God. And I pray that people in this room would begin to come out of their heads and begin to allow your love to begin to fill their hearts so complete that you would make them full. You would make them complete in your love. You would perfect them in your love, Jesus. And because... Your love, when you loved us so that we loved, so we can love. And so, Lord, I pray it's just going to be like a domino effect that as you fill their hearts with love, as you begin to touch the wounds and the the brokenness in their hearts, they're going to begin to see they're going to love people like never before. They're going to begin to reach out to people, and there won't be this anxiety or fear that will come over them because love will cast out all that fear. It'll be just like a natural thing because they come from a place of love. They're rooted and grounded in the love of Christ. And you're just going to produce this fruit out of their life, God. You're going to, they're going to be established on your love. And as the roots go down deeper and deeper, they're going to grab a hold of the nutrients of your love, and they're going to begin to soak it into their bodies and into their souls and spirit, into their lives, God. And they're, they're going to just begin to be fruitful, and people are going to be touched by their powerful love demonstrations, God. That you're going to be so powerfully demonstrated in each and every person in this room. I prophesy it right now, God, that the people in this room are going to begin to step into the power of your love like never before, and according to the power that they have allowed so far to work in their lives, it's going to increase. It's going to increase. It's going to grow, God. It's going to get bigger and stronger, uncontainable, to the point where it's spilling out of them. And they won't be fearful in their finances. They won't be fearful in their health. They won't be fearful in their relationships. They won't be fearful in anything. 
because of your love that fills their hearts. So, Father, I bless your, your children. And I ask in the mighty name of Jesus that you would allow them to experience your love in measures that they've never experienced, that they would take the lid off of what they've allowed so far in, your, in their lives, God, that they would just begin to open up their hearts through the power of the Holy Spirit Love would move through them. That Jesus, you would move through their lives. You promise you will never leave nor forsake them. You would teach them, God. I, would, I pray that you would teach them of your goodness. Show them how truly good you are, Jesus. Convince them. I'm going to read the... For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. That he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. If you fear tomorrow, it's because you haven't been convinced of his goodness today. So be convinced. I encourage you get into the word. Study it. Learn it. Let it fill you, transform you. And don't leave love. Don't leave that place. Let abide in his love. Go the distance. It's time to stand up and be who we've been called to be. I've, I, I've been hearing that for the past, I've been saying that for like the past 20 years. Like, God, when's this going to happen? When are we going to become what you've called us to be? I'm longing for it. It's coming. I know it's coming. I just wish it was faster. <laughs> Anyways, God bless you guys. You know, spend time with God this week and be bold. Let his love just fill you. I mean, yeah, that's all I'm going to say. Pray for each other. Pray, pray that scripture that he quoted from, the one that he just quoted from in Ephesians. Pray this for each other. Because it's, it's supernatural. In ourselves, we can't do it. We can't love by ourselves. Apart from him, we really can do nothing. So pray, pray that for each other. Pray this apostolic prayer for each other that God would grant according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might. Pray that for everybody in the community. Maybe, maybe not the whole world right now, 
Let's just work on this community that this would happen for us. These apostolic prayers are very powerful. But pray this prayer that he prays. So it's Ephesians 3, 14 through 19. So Ephesians 3, 14 through 19. Let's pray that over each other. And how do you get more love? It's basically the garden. But pray this for each other. Pray that for each other. And then in the garden, um, 2 Corinthians 3, but we all, uh, 18. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. It's time in the garden with Jesus, beholding him, you will be changed, transfigured, and transformed into absolute love. It's behold, being with him. How did they become like Jesus? The disciples, the apostles, in the you know, while he was on the earth, was by being with him. They were with him, and they got emboldened, as Joey preached today. They got bolder and bolder and bolder because they were with him. The more we're with him, the more bold we become. Because we start becoming transfigured and transformed. This soul part of us, the self part of us, gets cut off, cut away. There's a circumcision. Self goes away, which is the unloved part. The part that's selfish, the part that wants to protect myself, the part that wants to have preeminence, that wants to, you know, try to get top position, all that stuff. That's self. That's, that part gets cut away. That's that circumcision part. So beholding him, being with him, the garden time, having time in the garden with him, beholding, looking at him, we become transfigured. And then let's pray that for each other. This is awesome. It's so good. It's so practical. So down to the earth. And I agree. We're like on the verge of something amazing coming. And God's going to meet us where we can't. He will, He was going to meet us. He He multiplies to us so much more than what we put in. But he, 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 he will do that, multiply back to us. But so, yay. Happy Sunday. This is good. It's a good day to... Uh, Fall in love with Jesus more and more. Thanks for coming, everybody. Awesome, awesome message. Love you guys.